Welcome to the Master Builders Podcast, the podcast where we discuss issues affecting the building industry. It's the podcast by Master Builders for Master Builders. I'm your host, Max Rafferty, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Robert Shaw. Welcome, Robert. Thanks, Max. Today, we're talking about how to sell sustainable houses. When I use the word sustainable, green, etc., what do you think, Rob? Well, it's a big, big topic, Max. Um, so green, sustainable housing. It's a bit of a buzzword if you talk to building industry. Um, and really, we, we're not interested until it actually comes together and we've got something that's proven and works. So for someone to take that on in its entirety is quite difficult. And that's why you see, I guess, sustainable housing coming and moving forward in dribs and drabs. As something is proven and picks up market share, it gets more popular. But someone to take that leap in its entirety and for someone to give them a complete suite or package to, to present to the market is pretty hard for someone to take up when there's so many variables in the market of what consumers actually want. So there's a lot of choice out there um, and we have, we've got a big country and we've got different needs right around the country in different climates. So um, it's a tough one, but it's a great topic. When I think of green and sustainable houses you know i'm thinking straw bale uh you know i'm thinking thermal mass i'm thinking adobe construction rammed earth i'm thinking long hair dreadlocks i just wonder if these things actually do have a space in you know standard suburban urban sprawl well housing's a little bit like fashion max so when you get, when you change it dramatically you lose the numbers quite quick so not unless it's a proven factor so when you're talking about dramatic alternative building um, not unless you've got some cost savings or some traumatic savings, I guess, in the short, long term, or some health benefits. That's the other thing we look at now. People are more conscious of health. So if a house and the product you use, and as we know, there's some building products that does give off some, I guess, uh, some toxins, which some people are allergic to with allergies. Allergies and things like that are pretty prevalent these days. So people are more switched onto that. So that can drive people to alternative, more friendly, sustainable products as well what do people want what do the clients want do, do, I mean, do people want sustainable houses I think people want sustainable housing but again if it's going to cost them double or 20% more when they're quite comfortable and understand the product they currently live in then they won't make that you know you lose those percentages so you might get one or two percent the prepared to pay 20 percent more for what they want and what they believe is better for them but the majority won't so that's where once it becomes more mainstream and the co it's more cost effective and comparable people start putting it into the market they can see the benefits then it's an easier sell much easier so it's really about weighing up what the costs are, what the benefits are, and having the opportunity to speak to clients about how living in a more sustainable house might affect their day-to-day -day life. Well, it is, and as we know, there's a lot of good ideas out there that happen in the world that don't get up, not because they're not, they don't work and they're not good, because they're not cost-effective or they haven't been marketed properly. So, and then we see other ideas that are not as good that do get up 
because someone took the opportunity to commercially push it through, make it happen, and it gets into the market. So it's a matter of whether it's driven from the government down or private enterprise up. So it can be a, a number of factors. Well, it's interesting you brought up the issue of marketing these sort of properties, Robert. Our guest today is James McGregor from the Blue Tribe Company. And according to James, one of the reasons we have trouble selling sustainable homes is because we call them sustainable homes. James McGregor is the Chief Sustainability Innovator of the Blue Tribe Company. He's been involved in the development of world record-breaking solar technologies, has led projects to capture carbon dioxide from coal-fired power stations, and he's even served as a soldier in the Australian Army. Most recently, he has added TV production to the list as the producer of a new lifestyle TV show that aims to take sustainable housing to the masses using the latest in behavioural science. So tell me, electrical engineering, Australian Army, behavioural science, I know which one doesn't seem to fit in there for me. How did you get to behavioural oh, science? Maybe they all don't fit in there. Um, so I guess I've always been a technology guy. Actually, going, going back to university, so I actually specialised in uh, solar technologies um, a long time ago. I think it's a lot of grey hair. But I've always, so I guess, had this philosophy that um, there was always a technology solution to uh, environmental problems. Right? We could uh, we'll throw solar panels at it. We'll get some carbon capture technologies. We'll uh, technology is always always the fix. Uh, and as I've um, got older and got wiser, um, I've suddenly realised. That actually, it's about people, right? So you can you can develop the best widget, the best technology, the best solution in the world. Uh, if people don't know how to use it, it's just not, it won't do what you expect it to do, right? So human beings are irrational; they do silly things. Um, so yeah, you might design you know a, an awesome, uh, awesome energy efficient home, for example, um, and it's twelve star, and you put a one star family in it, and that's it performs at one star level, right? So. Um, so eventually I sort of arrived at this place that, well, actually, if we're really going to move the dial on some of these uh, environmental social challenges that we see around us, um, we actually need to start with people. And that's where I guess the, beh- the behavioral science came in and I took an interest in that. And um, if I could go back in time, maybe I would have become a behavioral scientist because it's fascinating. Mm. So behavioral science, builders, energy efficiency, how do you, how do you put that together? Yeah, so, so I guess um, – We've been doing a lot of work in the housing industry for the last couple of years, uh, and it, it's a pretty cutthroat business, right? You know, the the builders produce a very high quality product at a very low price in a very short time frame because they've got these sophisticated um, supply chains, and um, they've been they've been really great at producing that particular product. Um, but of course, we've got these surrounding all of that. We've got all these issues around, you know, climate change and those sorts of things. Which you know, I don't want to focus on that, but there are some real environmental issues, and housing is a big part of that solution, right? So how do we how do we get that get there? Uh, and also from a, the builders' point of view, you know, the the way um, as we've observed, the builders that do really well are the ones that are able to actually differentiate their product from the market um, and create that point of difference where if someone's looking at two floor plans and they're effectively the same what's actually going to tip them to sign a contract to buy a home from that particular builder 
Uh, and so, you know, when people talk around you know, environmental issues, it's all doom and gloom. I actually see this as like a multi-billion dollar opportunity uh, for companies that actually get on top of this because there's this um, growing um, interest from consumers around, um, you know, products that are uh, they want to know where they come from. They want to know what impact they make. Um, but as an industry, um, the biggest issue I see in the housing sector of those who have tried to build, say, sustainable houses in the past as a, pro- as a way to differentiate that product is they just sell it wrong. And um, part of the reason they sell it wrong is they're um, obviously not understanding the behavioral science and they're turning consumers off by the language that they use. But this should be a no-brainer. I mean, I've put it together. It, it, you know, we've, we've got we've got thermal mass. We've got R threes in the walls. I've got an R five point five in the ceiling. I've got great features. Uh, how's that not saleable? Um, because so, if I was the average punter who wasn't a builder listening to this podcast, um, what you just said to me there would be like a foreign language, right? Uh, and that's one of the big issues. So we have we've got this situation where. Um, as uh, on the building industry point of view, we talk around um, a sustainable housing product or we'll try to differentiate it based on technical characteristics. So we'll talk about the R value in the walls and or the, the R value in the, the insulation of the ceilings. We'll talk about thermal mass and orient, uh, passive solar design and thermal breaks and double glazing and um, forage stewardship council certified timber and all this sort of stuff, right? All, all the good stuff we spend our money on. Exactly, right? And, and it's stuff that, you know, um, tech nerds get excited about and like talking around this stuff. But for the average consumer, it's just, it's like speaking a different language, right? Um, what the behavioral science research shows us is that when a consumer is talking about a sustainable home, they'll use language like, um, they want the home to be comfortable. They want the home to feel fresh. They want a healthy home. Um, they want, they like a home that's got a lot, a lot of light uh, and feels good. Um, and in fact, when you um, dig one layer below that research, what the builders are saying and what the consumer is saying are exactly the same house. All right? It's identical, um, but they're just speaking two different languages. So the second um, you uh, – so I'll tell you a story. So I went, I went into a, a sustainable home recently, so there's like a volume builder product, and I got the sales team to actually take me through and they talked to me about the insulation and the – the, how many kilowatts are on the solar system and um, how much kilowatt hours are produced and how long the batteries would last and how that orientated the home so the thermal mass of the floor would soak out the sunlight, right? Which was great. Um, from a technical point of view, I understood everything they said, but the average consumer would have had no idea what that salesperson was telling me. And in fact, the average consumer probably would have felt stupid um, listening to that sales pitch because they thought, should I know what R3.5 means? Like, Am I dumb? Like, do I not understand this? So they would have walked out of that sales process and probably never gone back to that place because, you know, that, they made them feel bad. Um, so have you got some alternatives for me? I mean, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying, yeah. uh, but how do how do I tr- how am I going to use that? Yeah. So I guess so. One of the important things from the science is um, human beings' evolution has hardwired us to make very rapid. Um, emotional decisions, right? So you, know, you might think you're a pretty rational person and you make decisions based on um, you know, rational thoughts and, you con- and considered decisions, but actually, in fact, um, you're making really rapid decisions based on your emotions, right? And, and so uh, how about I'll give you a scenario to illustrate this. So imagine it's getting close to lunchtime, um, you want to get yourself a chicken sandwich, all right? So you go down to the local food court 
and um, you make your way through the food. There's lots of noise and smells and excitement, and you you can you can hear the buzz of the place, and you, you know, your tummy's rumbling, so you're ready for a meal. And you arrive at the chicken sandwich section of the food court, right? Because every food court has one of those. And there's two chicken sandwich shops, right? There's ch- we sell chicken sandwiches, and chicken sandwiches are us. Um, so as far as you know, they have exactly the same chicken sandwich, same price. They have the same delicious aioli that you really like on your chicken sandwich, um, the same quality. Um, um, and on the left-hand side, the, there's a queue of five or six people waiting to place the order and there's a bit of buzz of activity um, standing of people standing around waiting to collect their food. And on the restaurant on the right, there's not a soul. Like the place is deserted. There's not a single customer. Which line do you choose? I choose the one where there's no one, of course. <laughs> so I know in your brain that that, that was not true. Um, so, and what you what would have been happening in your emotional brain is there would have been red flags coming up, right? So you would have been going, well, obviously those people on the left know something I don't. Yeah, I'm wondering why. I'm wondering why. Therefore, it's therefore it's safe for me to stay with the tribe. Because if I go over there, there's some there's something going on, and, and you, there, there's chemistry going on in your brain that's telling you that, right? And you have no control over that. And if we go back ten thousand years, if you think about, um, you know, we were hunter gatherers back then. Um, so ten thousand years ago, if there was a physical threat to your life, um, if you didn't react instantly and run away from that threat, then you got eaten, right? You became food for something with big teeth, right? So all the human beings that made instantaneous decisions based on you know, cortisol and adrenaline being pumped in through their through the, out of their brain. Um, they then survived, who we went on to have children and reproduce and repeat that cycle over 10,000 years and have us here today, right? So our brains are still controlled by these very basic emotions, which is why people at 2 o'clock in the morning after coming home from the pub watching you know, on, on TV shop, online shopping um, buy a blanket that's got a hoodie built, built into an arm so they can sit on their lounge so they don't have to take a blanket off in the middle of winter, right? People buy stupid stuff. Or, or a set of steak knives that can cut through a leather shoe because we all need one of those, right? Paleo um, marketing. Yeah, that's right. So the and the reason that is is the those sales pitches appeal to your emotion. So um, they use that language. So you make a decision, then you post rationalize it uh, in your brain. So so why this is why this is all relevant to builders is that um, when we're trying to sell products and services and sustainable homes are no different is we actually need to be appealing to those emotional drivers, right? And there is nothing emotional about R3.5. There is nothing emotional about thermal mass. There is nothing emotional about a thermal break on an aluminium window, right? So, but um, language like um, a home that's comfortable, a home that's healthy, right? So if you can imagine a young mum walking through one of your display homes and you start telling them that actually because we've got this really good insulation in the walls, um, the home's healthier because it means that there's um, you know less dust comes into the home. It's, it's better sealed. Um, it's going to be safe for your kids because you don't get these big temperature variations across the year because the temperature is pretty stable all year, right? So and we know that kids learn better in those environments, all right? So we start using that sort of language. That actually creates a real big product differentiator for your home compared to the one next door. Um, and so we need to actually use language that appeals to people's emotions. Um, and not talk to them about technical terms, which is appealing to the rational brain, which doesn't actually make the decisions for us. It sounds like um, this might be the reason why my wife's eyes glaze over every time I start talking to her about houses. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's actually interesting. So, I know I, um, so my daughter's in year five, and I got invited in to do a talk to actually it was last year, year four, um, on renewable energy, right? And so I've been in the renewable energy game for. 20 odd years so I prepared this presentation for year four level 
Um, and uh, I thought I'd just practice it because it was in front of the whole school. So I thought I'd better practice with my wife to make sure I didn't say anything stupid and that was like pitched at the right level for the kids. And I finished my talk and she goes, is that what you do? Like she, you've, like you've talked about this stuff for years. I now understand actually what you do because um, the way I explained it was in I was using stories and I was talking around your cool technology. I didn't talk about the technology. I was talking about how it applied to their life and how they could use these things. Um, so it appealed to the emotional part of the storytelling. So, um, so yeah. So you need to. That's that's where that's where the industry is going wrong. And there there have been there are plenty of graveyards of builders who've tried to enter the market with a sustainable housing product um, where they've put a lot of effort, a lot of money behind it and just failed. And I actually think one of the biggest reasons they've failed is because they've called them sustainable, they've called them green, they've called them eco. I guess what I'm interested in now is what, what kind of resources have we got? What, what can I look at to, to get to know more about this? So, um, so it's interesting. So we've got a – we've. Um, put together a TV show just recently, which is probably a good example of um, how you can uh, use this language to actually promote these sorts of products. So, um, so the show is called Renovate or Rebuild, um, targeted at the knockdown rebuild market. Um, we use some former contestants from the block, which I know all the builders are probably rolling their eyes right now listening to this at, we, mention, we of the, at mention of the block. Um, but we need to understand that those um, characters from those shows have a lot of reach with the average consumer, right? And the idea is to take this sustainable housing and it might be worth even the sustainable housing when we talk about sustainable housing I'm not talking about around mud brick mobile houses I'm talking about conventional um, construction techniques where we have a high performance um, building envelope and a high performance home and all we do is overlay that with some solar batteries right? so that's what we're describing as a, as a sustainable product so it's a highly efficient home and for us, a sustainable house just means high levels of craftsmanship because you can't get a high performance home if the craftsmanship's not there. Um, so, and that's what we're pushing on this show. You know? But we'll, you'll see in the if you jump on YouTube, we've got a pilot episode up at the moment. Um, search for renovate or rebuild, and we use language like the home's comfortable, the home's healthy. Um, we we refer to the home as a positive energy house. All right. So therefore, depending on what tribe you're in, if you're a greenie and you hear someone say the home's positive energy, you immediately jump to okay, we've got solar power. And it produces more power that consumes. If you're not a greenie and you hear the term positive energy, you think, well, home feels cool. It's like Zen. You know, it feels nice. All right. Um, so we, the language is deliberately ambiguous. And so that's, that's a good example. Um, also the, the CRC for low carbon living has some, um, really good social research, although you need to like read, read research papers on these topics. Um, but there's some good resources that they're um, putting out on there and some guidebooks and stuff on how to actually design and build and communicate these things. And I hear that we may not be the only people using language in a way that confuses people. I hear on the show they had a few bloopers around. Yeah, it's worth. I mean, it's worth even if you just watch the blooper reel, which runs for a few minutes. Um, it was hilarious watching the. So in in the industry, you refer to them as the talent. So the pre- presenters on the show trying to talk about sustainable homes without ever saying the word sustainable, and there was lots of swearing and yeah, lots of re- retakes where they'd. Talk about sustainability. That's use the word eco-conscious, um, and we were very deliberate in trying to avoid that sort of language. Uh, and, and that's, I guess, that's the key message for builders. I think the, differentiating your product on the grounds of having a home that's more sustainable um, is a massive opportunity for the industry, um, but only if you do it right. All right. So 
yeah, there are a whole lot of social and environmental benefits as a consequence of from that. But the first thing we need to do is sell them, right? And so the TV show is unashamedly about trying to sell more product, about a very specific type of product. And so we want the builders out there who you know, believe that that's the right way to go for them to offer these high performance houses. Um, they can see the writing on the wall in terms of future trends around technology and smart homes and solar and batteries and how the electricity systems go. And we want them to be selling a lot more than competitors. But to do that, cannot use the word sustainable. You can't use green. You can't use eco. You need to actually start thinking more like a, a salesperson on how do you appeal to people's emotions and use language like comfortable and healthy and safe. So if we want to find you to get more information, how do we do that? Uh, yeah, so you can probably find lots of good information on our website on um, particularly around influence and persuasion, so how you can use some of this behavioral science to even just do your marketing and your website messaging and um, you know brochures if you're going to position yourself for this. So that's at bluetribe.co. Um, if you go to the website, there's lots of great material there that people can download. Um, we'll also make available, um, we've put together like a, a nine-step sales pitch formula, uh, which you can use, which is basically like a fill-in-the-box. You know, if you answer these questions, it'll actually give you a very good first rough cut on a, on a sales pitch. Uh, on how you, it doesn't matter what the product doesn't matter what the product is, but if it's for sustainable housing, if you just follow the nine steps, it's a pretty good start on how to do a really simple, quick sales pitch in about five minutes. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time today, James. No, pleasure being here and hope we can help you guys sell a lot more of these sustainable products without ever using the word sustainable. How interesting was that? I'm a tech nerd and I'm all about the insulation, the thermal mass, the solar orientation. It looks like I'm going to have to shift my language if I ever want to sell any of these things. Robert, what did you take away? Yeah, yeah, Max, it was interesting listening. Um, and I guess what I took away from that, the behavioural science, which is something I hadn't thought about being in the building industry, bringing that into it. But certainly I think it has some value and, and makes you think about how we might market our products moving forward and how do we understand better about, I guess, moving to more sustainable, more green living, more environmentally friendly. So I think it opens up that opportunity to look at it a little bit different and knowing some science or behavioural sciences behind it, uh, it's a little bit more research and certainly did um, capture my uh, thinking and possibilities how we might use that moving forward in our industry. Did you hear something in today's show that you wanted to write down? Don't worry, we've taken the notes. You can access the show notes at masterbuilders.com.au forward slash podcast. Also, please take the time to subscribe and leave a rating. And don't forget to tell your friends, workmates about the podcast or even bring it up at your next toolbox talk. I'm Max Rafferty. Until next time, stay safe.